This is Why, with your hosts Heidi Heidquist and Luke Poland. What kind of bike did you have growing up? I don't know how to ride a bike. You don't? Mm -mm. Really? Nope. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because I was a very stubborn child who... Um, Why are we going to put that limit on childhood for that? <laughs> That's true. Well, I still am. But I was uh, learning to ride my bike without my training wheels in my strawberry shortcake short shorts smurf tennis shoes and my annie the movie baseball tee with a glittered outline of annie and sandy with my bowl cut that i thought was a princess die cut and i fell off my bike and my dad yelled God at rest. me yes uh -huh. i fell off my bike and my dad yelled at me and i said if you yell at me again i'm going in the house and i will never ride a bike so he yelled at me again so i threw my bike in the yard i went in the house and i never learned to ride a bike wow and they mm -hmm. didn't your parents didn't come back and say like do you want to try this again? They did. They did. Uh -huh. But I, mm -mm. You, these you are things no. that you should know if you try to vote me off the podcast. Right. Um, okay. I've got so many questions just from that story alone. Um, one, how did you know what I was wearing in 1982? <laughs> but just never. I just, that, that boggles my mind. That's like. Nope. Isn't like one of those all-American things? You should be biking somewhere and there's a creek and I'm going to guess a dead body in some way, shape or form. True. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with this, but you have to remember that also shortly after that incident, I moved to England. Oh. Not that they don't ride bikes in England, but right. it's not, there aren't as many subdivision, dead creek parade yeah. cards in the spokes kind of situations and you had to take a proficiency test so you almost had to have a bike license which i was not about to get really mm -hmm. which side of the road do you ride your bike on in england i know right i don't know because i don't know how to ride a bike yeah but you drove past people riding bikes i guess i didn't pay that close and attention to them silence. because i had no care for oh them my God. i don't okay. know how to ride a horse yeah those are two different skills so I have no idea what to say about Mark. Yeah, he paints, but not he's not your average. <laughs> this is not your average. Painter. Painter, religious painter. Right? I mean, would you call him a religious painter? Because he doesn't simply do religious themes. Well, I think we say um, he's not your average painter. He's um, taken his artistic talents and passions and um, has... Uh, no, that's good. You got it. That's a ministry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. Because I think even his other things, although they're not faith-based, I think they're still, you know, based on his moral True. code yes. or his... Compass. The only thing that I heard was that you do a show where you talk to people who have interesting hobbies or careers. Perfect. That's exactly what we're doing. Yep. Okay. So you can tell our voices apart. That's Heidi. <laughs> um, okay. Did you study art? How did you get into this uh, area? Well, they tell me at the age of two, I stole my twin brother's crayons and became the artist. And uh, <laughs> from those early days, I just remember always drawing, coloring, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, First grade, I think the teacher used to send the other students to me to help with their projects. And it's just, 
kind of become a defining characteristic of who I am. I'm an artist. Um, over the years, things developed, things uh, changed as far as interests, you know, the painting side, the writing side, the uh, music side, all those type of things. Uh, anything in the creative realm, it all just kind of makes sense to me, and it's of interest to me. And so you've always sort of been interested in this form of expression. Clearly, there's an artistic bent to you, so that sort of permeates in all different directions. But um, right. specifically, some form of art, painting, drawing, something like that. Did you have a specialty prior or way you'd like to work usually? You know, it's... How do I say this? It's hard to answer. There's so many different things that I do in the creative realm, uh, and they all kind of play a part. Uh, I'm constantly thinking of film projects, video projects, songs, books, novels, children's books, paintings. I mean, it's almost like a disease. It's, it's a constant creative process. So when you're awake, you're thinking of, of things. What do I do today? Do I do this or do I do this? What lens, you know, to fill my time best today? But, uh, you know, there's a side of what I do where it's commission work, where you're doing a painting for somebody else. That's not really where my passion is. Um, like every artist, you want to just create and kind of create what you have, you know, passion for. Um, and, and part of my passion, you know, as a Christian minister, you know, not a minister, but in a Christian ministry is to share my faith. And that's what I do through the uh, Splat experience. And, uh, you know, we travel. Yeah, we travel worldwide with that. I mean, we've been through Asia, Europe, Central America, South America, U.S., Canada. We've done, uh, since 2002, about 1,400 presentations, all uh, live presentations to music. And um, it's really kind of been a passion of what I do to take my artistic gift and uh, and share my faith through those presentations. So, so how did you evolve into that? How how did you go from all of your other artistry into creating the Splat Experience? How did that start? Uh, well, I was in a church in Troy, Michigan. Um, my wife and I were attending church there. I was working for General Motors at the time as an illustrator. And a lady in the church approached me and she said, hey, Mark, you're an artist. And I said, well, yes, I am. And she said, would you consider doing something that comes to life in front of the church behind a song? So I, I kind of immediately said, sure, what do you have in mind? And, and she said, well, you have uh, an eight-foot canvas. You have three minutes to do something. And immediately I kind of had this regret, like, you got to be kidding. What can you do in, in three minutes in front of a big crowd? So it kind of led to just using my hands, my bare hands. And um, I kind of got done with two services that day and thought, you know, you know, Lord, you got the wrong guy. I'm more of a photorealist. You know, this is totally not who I am artistically. And I kind of walked away from it. Um, two years later, we moved to Indiana, where we live now, and got involved in a small country church. And a pastor came up to me one day and he says, hey, Mark, are you, you're an artist, aren't you? Yes, I am. Would you do something that comes to life in front of the church? And I said, you know what, you know, Lord, you have my attention. So it kind of from that point, we decided to pursue that, uh, that avenue of, of worship and uh, evangelism 
and uh, it just kind of has grown over the years. You learn a technique, you develop a technique, and it's kind of something, you know, people say, can you teach that? It's like, well, it just makes common sense to me. And then how did people outside of Indiana find out about this? How did, how did it expand to where you, you're traveling all over the world? Well, we had a, uh, a video that kind of went viral on YouTube. Uh, we went, actually went back to that church in, uh, in Michigan. It was called the Troy Baptist Church. I know it well. I actually uh, grew up in Troy, Michigan, yeah. and my grandpa was okay. a minister there. So not at that church, but in Troy. Yeah. Yeah, well, the church has become now the Woodside Bible Church. Yep, it's a mega church in the in the area. I think they have fifteen different campuses, and um, we went back there then as a ministry to perform there. And one of the videos that they shot that morning, they put on their church website, and uh, I didn't even know they shot the video. Uh, Ten months later, they called and they said, uh, "Do you know how many hits your video has?" It's like, I didn't even know we had a video. <laughs> and they said, in the last 10 months, we've had 50,000 hits. Wow. Which I thought, hey, that's great. Especially back um, then. That was a long, the very long next day, we were, at a, uh, we were at a festival in South Bend, Indiana. And there was about 60,000 people at the end of the day. Uh, we performed early and just talked all day to people about who we were and what we were doing. And the following day on Sunday... Over 50,000 people found that video. Uh, within a few months, it had over 3 million hits. And it really kind of set us on a path to do uh, the ministry full-time and to travel around the country and eventually around the world. Uh, and that video now, in all of its, uh, I guess, they, you know, people take it and they share it and they put it on different platforms all the different varieties of that video, we figure it has over 20 million views. And so a lot of the, what we do is because of YouTube, uh, it's because of television, um, it's because we toured with a Christian band, Casting Crowns, uh, a few tours. So you see a lot of people on the road with that. Uh, and a lot of it's just word of mouth. So what, how do you, what form are you working with those? Is it oil? And it looks like you're just using your hands. Is there another brush or is it kind of finger painting? Well, there are some paintings that have chalk elements. You just use sidewalk chalk. Uh, and then the paint is just, um, it's house paint, water-based. We buy it at Walmart typically because it's cheap. And um, actually, when I do my fine art illustration, I use that same paint. I just have gallons of house paint all over the studio, and I just take it and mix it. And it's just like acrylic stuff you get out of a tube. It's just in a bigger container and a lot cheaper. So, uh, you know, they say the starving artist, you're always trying to find ways to cut costs. So that's a good way to, to still be able to paint and keep the cost down. And so I noticed you um, begin by putting words up on the canvas, on the screen or whatever it is. Were the words always part of that presentation or is that something you developed in as time went by? Yeah, it's something that developed as time went by. The, the very first painting that I talked about earlier that was three minutes, um, developed into a, I think it's a nine minute presentation now. So there was a reading at the front that was written later and added in. Uh, it was actually started as a, a song when I used to be a songwriter and played in the band. And I just never really worked as a song. So we used it as a dramatic reading and plugged it into that presentation, added the chalk elements. Uh, and then we also added another song at the end 
for a response, you know, for people to see this painting of the crucified Christ and just to stop and dwell on the fact, you know, what did I just see? What did Jesus really do on the cross? So we want people not to just, you know, stop and clap. Yay, that was fun. Look at the artist. But really to focus on, hey, what is he talking about? Um, And what did Jesus really do for you and for me? So it's very intended to be um, something that accomplishes bringing people into worship or just telling them who who Jesus is and what he did. Um, I always paint with a black hoodie on my head so people don't really focus on the artist or the messenger, but they focus on the message. Um, Most places we go, people don't know who I am and people don't need to know who I am. Uh, The mission of, of the ministry is to really proclaim Jesus to to the masses through the creative arts. And what's going through your mind as you're doing that, as the music's going, as you're up there in front of everybody? <laughs> well, every presentation is planned. Everything is plotted out. It's like a choreography. And there are certain spots within every presentation where you have to change colors. You have to be at a certain spot. Um, you don't want to finish the painting and the song is still going or the song stops and you're not done. So you you basically learn a pattern, you design a pattern. And so a lot of times when I'm doing a painting, I'm really focusing on those elements of where am I in the, in the soundtrack? Where do I need to be? Where do I need to be in the painting? Um, And a lot of time it becomes for me, very mechanical. Uh, We have one painting we've done 550 times. Uh, I can do that one you know, out of a coma and upside down. But we have some that are brand new that we've done maybe six or seven times that are still kind of coming into their own. But uh, a lot of times it's very, I have to do my job for the audience to enjoy it. It's like if you're a singer and you're singing a very emotional song and you start crying, it ruins the, uh, the whole atmosphere for those who are listening. So a lot of times it's just me doing the job but there's other times where I really kind of stop within myself and say, here's what's going on. Here's what we're talking about. And, you know, when you talk about certain elements of the Christian faith, it's very emotional uh, to say, hey, God loved us enough to send Jesus down to die on a cross for me. Wow, that's an amazing thing. And sometimes that's very emotional. And I don't start crying or bawling, but I get kind of taken, swept up into it, that this is really a a great message that we're, we're trying to portray to the world. How, what's, is there a normal length of time it takes you to create one of these? I mean, obviously the, the artwork is part of this presentation, but just looking at some of your illustrations, um, the, the flag with all the various faces on, how long does something like that take to execute? Uh, those fine art pieces take a long time. And depending on what it is, uh, you know, I may work on it in, short segments over the course of a month or two or whatever. Um, There are some videos that you can watch on our uh, bluespaghettillc.com website uh, on the film tab where it shows the process of how paintings are created. Uh, There's one called the cheeseburger that shows a a cheeseburger painting that was developed. And it kind of just says, you know, if, if you're interested in watching an illustrator work, here's the process. Here's how we buy cheeseburgers. Here's how we build a model. Here's how we have our kids eat the model after the photo shoot. Uh, there's the drawing segment. There's the painting thing. And it kind of all comes to life, you know, in a short film. 
but um, depending on the time and the, the complexity of what the actual illustration is, it could take a month, it could take a week, it could take uh, days. It all just kind of depends on which project you're looking at. The one that you spoke of called uh, We the People, I think there's about 50, 51 to uh, portraits on that. And it took, I think I could, in a day, I could do maybe three or four of those portraits. So you can kind of do the math and see the timing of how long it takes to do 50 portraits in a one given piece. How did you say... Painting- select the people for that particular portrait. So it's a really diverse group of individuals. Yeah. I wanted to pick people who came from, uh, that were different diversity. I wanted mm-hmm. people with different ethnicity. I wanted people with different vocational skills. Uh, you'll find there's a lady in there who's an astronaut. There's some people that are missionaries. There's athletes. There's, um, normal people that you wouldn't know because they're just school teachers or whatever. And I just wanted to say, Hey, there's a lot of people in our country and there's a lot of different personalities and famous and not famous. And we're all part of the, the country. We're all part of the population. So there's some people on there that I really don't care much for, but they're part of our population. It's, it's part Name of the them. diversity of who we are as a people. Well, I, this is funny. I, I put uh, it was during the election stuff, so I put President Trump in there. And on the very bottom, you'll see some heads that are like cut off at the top of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Hillary down there. I cut her head off. Oh, okay, yeah, oh. her bangs. Yeah, <laughs> are those recognizable uh, bangs? I think she's yes, she's right down there next to Kim Kardashian, who I'm not crazy about. But oh, you know, okay. it's yeah, stuff like that. Too. You know, somebody like. Oprah, I'm not a big, I mean, Oprah is who she is, but she's got some crazy ideas and whatever, but she's accomplished a lot and she's very accomplished as a person and as a personality. So you got to give people credit for what they do. You don't have to agree with everybody, but that's the United States, you know. And then looking at the hamburger one, uh, what was your inspiration? Well, you know, I, I do children's books. And a lot of times when I'm around the country doing my performance, we, we do a Abraham Lincoln uh, performance art uh, school assembly program for the public schools. And a lot of times when I go into a school, I go into the classrooms and I read my children's books to the kids. And very often I'll sit and I'll say, I'm an illustrator at heart. Let me illustrate something for you. And we do a, a drawing of a cheeseburger. And I ask the kids, what do you want on your cheeseburger? And I get everything from donuts and tires and T-Rexes and, you know, you name it. And in a few minutes, I can draw this really large cheeseburger that has whatever they want on it. And the kids just really get a kick out of watching an artist at work. So I thought if I could ever do a fine art version of a large cheeseburger, I'm just going to sit down and spend time to paint it. So that's kind of where that came from. But everywhere I go, people, especially the kids, they know about the cheeseburgers. And uh, cheeseburgers are easy to draw, and I teach kids how to draw them, and it's, it's a fun little project, a teaching project that I do with the kids. So the cheeseburger project was just really fun to kind of to do for the sake of doing it, and also to document the process of how an illustrator works through the cheeseburger film. And uh, it was just one of those, you know, I think I, at some point in my life, need to do that drawing as a serious fine art piece. 
And uh, of everything I've ever done in my life, my middle son, Tyler, that's his favorite painting I've ever done. So he'll probably end up with that someday. And, you know, who knows? No, that's Candace Bergen, isn't it? Oh, no, Megan Kelly. And Whitney, wait, that's Halle Berry. Where's Halle Berry? Right above oh, yeah, the white stripe. Yeah. Oh, there's Bill Gates. There's Steven Tyler, of course. Is that, is that there's Ice-T? Lucy Liu. Where is she? Isn't that Lucy Liu down above the P in people, the second P? Next to Ice oh, T, Ice Cube, I, I get so. them confused. Yeah. Yeah, it's an ice of some sort. It's one of the ices. And then oh, yeah, is that is that Chuck close next to Lucy Lou? I think it might be. Or is that um, or is it uh, the uh, in character on Breaking no, Bad? No, that's no, that's, <laughs> that's not Brian Cranston. No, okay. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. If you're so inclined, please subscribe to hear more. I'm not saying they're unimportant. I'm just saying, comedically speaking, bringing up the Holocaust is a bit of a and also at our website whythepodcast.com. If you have a story you'd like to share with us or would like more information, please don't hesitate to email us at thepodcastwhy@gmail.com. If if I say when today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Were you wearing Stone. those kind of suits for Our the theme song is performed by the like Electro-Synth-O-Matic Polyphonic Orchestra. This is for Philippe, who is hopefully resting comfortably. Am I misunderstanding Thanks for the joining English us. people? Flash, we're coming home. <laughs>